The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well in the Auburn Opelika area. Beautiful day outside once again. Happy August, everybody. It is August 1st, 2023. Uh, Hard to to believe that we're already in the month of August. The summer has flown by. Uh, The uh, so-called slow period is pretty much over around here uh, at ESPN and Auburn Network. uh, Getting ready for, uh, of course, for college football with Auburn starting in just 32 days. You have fall practice beginning uh, this week. They report on Wednesday. First practice is on Thursday. Uh, We have... Of course, trying to get ready for uh, for everything with us now being the uh, local flagship stations of the Auburn Sports Network. Of course, uh, Auburn football now over on Wings 94.3, so getting ready for that. A uh, high school season right around the corner. We're literally just a few weeks away. Uh, Lee Scott gets started on August 17th. That's a Thursday night at home against Chambers Academy. And then Auburn High School gets started the week after on a Friday night on August 25th. So it is August, and that means football is back. That's right. College football starts this month. NFL football, you get some uh, you get some preseason games coming on. Uh, high school football gets going, and so the drought is over folks the drought is over and football is now back since it's the month of August and of course there are some early college football games right there's some week zero games Vanderbilt playing earlier than everybody else in the SEC so nothing like super super crazy but you do get college football this month and I think that's something we can all be excited about is the fact that we now have college football this month that we can look forward to and talk about so hope you're all doing well again this is on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back i'm jacob goins with you for the next two hours right here on espn 1067 great show for you today uh, lots of different topics of conversation that i want to cover today uh, we'll talk again some more about the recruiting for auburn football talk about why uh, some fans and even some outlets for other schools are just upset about auburn landing five stars it's because they're not used to it but you better get used to it we'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes uh espn also uh they released an article talking about the different college football teams and breaking down their schedules right who's got the hardest who has the easiest uh who has like the toughest three game stretch right all these different things unique matchups uh that auburn pops up in a couple of times so want to talk about that today starting to get excited about football starting to preview everything that's going on right around college football so want to talk a little bit about that today plus is the big 10 adding more teams there's been some 
rumors is what we'll call them. We will call them rumors. I don't want to call them reports because that's not what they are. Uh, But we'll talk about the rumors of the Big Ten and what their expansion could look like even further than USC and UCLA. If that happens, will it happen, and what it would look like if it did. Uh, So lots of conversation on that as well. Uh, No Daryl Dapperts today. He was tied up on on this Tuesday. So um, uh, normally he is he's becoming a weekly guest for me now here on the show on Tuesday afternoons. He was busy today, so we'll pick back up with him tomorrow. Uh, Daryl Dappert, so looking forward to that. So what that means is it's you and me for two hours. So I want to hear from you, your thoughts on anything going on. What's on your mind? Comments, questions, concerns? Uh, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Uh, anything that I'm talking about, anything that pops up in your mind, uh, any questions or just conversations you want to have with me, give me a call. Let's talk it out here on a Tuesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. As I mentioned, we are 32 days away from Auburn football. That's it. We're just over a month. We're just over a month away from Auburn kicking off the 2023 season. And we've talked a lot about the excitement around this program. Talked a lot about the excitement around this town. Uh, Talked a lot about how... The mindset seems to be changing for Auburn fans. And I've heard it on this show. I've heard it outside the studio. We've seen it on social media. Um, I think the success off the field has really generated some much-needed excitement and positivity around this program. And getting the likes of a Demarcus Riddick, getting the likes of a Perry Thompson, seeing all the good things that happened this weekend and hearing all the good notes that happened this weekend uh, with Big Cat weekend. I mean, things went really, really well, folks. I mean, things went unbelievably well. Uh, I said this yesterday. I don't think one kid had a bad visit. I don't think one kid had a bad time, had a bad experience. And if you remember, back when Brian Harson was here, there were times that kids would show up on campus and he would never speak to them. He would never acknowledge them. Wouldn't even give them a, a, a cold eye. And that just can't happen. But that didn't happen this weekend. I didn't expect it to by any means. But nothing like that happened. Everything I've read, everything I've heard... Big Cat was possibly the best recruiting weekend Auburn football has ever had. Has ever had. And a lot of it, yes, has to do with Perry Thompson committing. Not only committing, flipping from Alabama to Auburn. But there are some people in this state, there are some people in this conference uh, that are not too thrilled with the fact that Auburn has flipped a five-star from Georgia and flipped a five-star from Alabama. And yeah, it seems to be the ones that are rooting for or representing those other two universities. And you hear a lot already. You've heard a lot. I mean, it's Tuesday. We're three days removed from Perry Thompson flipping his commitment. We're almost a week removed from Demarcus Riddick making his announcement to flip from Georgia and choosing Auburn over Alabama, 
you hear a lot of just a lot of hate, right? And a lot of questioning. Why in the world would Demarcus Riddick go to Auburn? Why in the world would Perry Thompson as a receiver want to go play at Auburn? What have they done with receivers in the past? Why not go to Alabama and be the next Julio Jones? Well, guess what? Perry Thompson doesn't want to be the next Julio Jones. And that's always ever been compared to by Alabama fans, by Alabama people. He doesn't want that. He doesn't like that. He's, he has stated multiple times that him coming to Auburn gives him the chance and the opportunity to build his own legacy and to leave a mark on the place that he plays college football. And you tie that with all the good things that Hugh Freeze and this staff have done for him and how they've made him feel like family and how the relationships are there and how he truly enjoys being at Auburn and being around these people. You tie all that together, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense on why he would want to come here. Sure, you can go and play receiver at Alabama. And you're probably going to be a pretty good one. Same thing with Ohio State. Same thing with a Georgia. You can go and play receiver there. You can go and play defensive back. And you're probably going to be pretty good. And guess what? You got a good chance to go and play on Sundays. But it's going to take time. You've got people in front of you. And you're still going to be just thrown in the mix with other five-star players. Whereas, if you come to Auburn that doesn't have just a a truckload of five stars ready to go, you can come and play right now. You can come and make your impact. You can come and be the start of something new. And we talked yesterday about what the recruiting pitch is for Hugh Freeze and the staff right now, and that's got to be it. That has to be it. Why not? If you're Perry Thompson or Demarcus Riddick or possibly K.J. Bolden that's committing this weekend and hopefully he picks Auburn. You have a chance if you're a guy like that. Even a lot of the quality four stars, even the three stars that are coming. The transfer portal guys. They all have a chance to turn this program around. And let's say 15 years from now, This is all going in the right direction. And let's say 15 years from now that Auburn has three or four national championships under Hugh Freeze. Let's let's see in 15 years from now. Let's say that in 15 years from now, Auburn has a couple more Heisman Trophy winners. And Auburn's got people just playing everywhere on every team on Sunday afternoons. If that is the case, we could look back on this class We can look back on a guy like Demarcus Riddick, like a Perry Thompson, like a K.J. Bolden if he commits, like a DeAndre Carter who got picked up another crystal ball for Auburn today. You may be able to point back to those guys and say that was the turning point. In year two under Hugh Freeze, his first wasn't even a full cycle, but at least an actual recruiting cycle. The possibility is there to look at those guys and say, that was the turning point. Nick Saban did it at Alabama. Julio Jones was that guy. Mark Ingram was that guy. Dante Hightower 
was that guy at Alabama. And you see how that's panned out. So it's understandable to see uh, Alabama fans and even Georgia fans be upset, right? They're upset because their guys didn't pick Kirby and Nick. They picked you. And the fans are, I think they're worried. More than anything, I think they're a little bit worried. I think they're a little bit nervous about what's going on on this side of the state of Alabama. And they should be. They absolutely should be. Now, am I saying that in 15 years all those things are going to happen? No, because I don't know that. I don't know that. But I think when you look around this conference, we've talked about how the recruiting has left an impact. We talked a lot about this yesterday. The impact that Auburn is making in the recruiting realms right now around this conference and around college football, people are taking notice. They're taking notice, and they should. They absolutely should. And Auburn's two biggest rivals have taken notice because Auburn has done things to make them turn their heads and do a double take. Because no longer, in my opinion, no longer are the days of Nick Saban picking up any single player in the state of Alabama that he wants and letting Auburn pick up on the remains. No longer are the days that Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney and even less, or, uh, and even uh, Brian Kelly can come into this state and pick up guys that they want to. No longer are the days that Auburn can't go to another state and pick up the best player or two in Georgia, Louisiana, Florida. I don't think those days are here anymore because Auburn's not a liability when it comes to recruiting because Hugh Freeze knows what he's doing, and he's proved that already. And I think it's a good sign. Auburn fans listening, I think it's a good sign that Alabama fans, Georgia fans, people that cover these programs, not all, obviously, not all, but you can hear the noise, right? You can hear the noise, and you know what that means. That means whatever Hugh Freeze is doing is working. It means it's working. Because no longer are the days that Auburn is a laughing stock on the recruiting trail. No longer are the days that Alabama can take full advantage and all of Auburn's rivals can take full advantage of Auburn being a down football program. Because that's what they've been. Let's just be honest. That's what they've been. Sure, they've had their good moments. 2010, 2013, 2017, 2019. But the consistency has not been there like it has at other programs. Like you're seeing it be built in Athens, Georgia right now. And so, are Alabama fans and Georgia fans mad and worried? Yeah, they are. And they're trying to come up with different things and different narratives and different excuses on why a Perry Thompson would want to play at at Auburn. Why Demarcus Riddick would want to go play for Auburn and not come play for the Dogs. I think there's multiple reasons. I think there's multiple reasons, and I think they're all legitimate, and I've laid them out. Auburn's trending in the right direction. Hugh Freeze can promise you things that those other coaches can't right now. Sure, you have to wait and see if he wins on the field. You're absolutely right. You have to wait and see if he can develop players here at Auburn. Yep, you're right right there too. But you know what he has done? He's won at every other place he's been, and he's developed at every other place he's been. 
So what's going to be the difference at Auburn? I would think it's only going to get better, right? How can it only get better when you're getting better players, better facilities, better money? All of those things combined, the wins and development can only get better. And that's just how I feel. And so to be upset and butthurt that your school didn't land a five-star and that he went to your biggest rival, I get it. I get it. We've had times where Auburn didn't get the big player and he went to Alabama and Georgia. Auburn fans have seen that story too many times. They've seen that way too many times. And they're excited because the narrative finally flipped for once. And I think it can keep happening again. Give me a call. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll talk some more about this and what we could see over the next week or so when it comes to Auburn football recruiting. And uh, again, I want to hear from you. I know you got thoughts on all this. 334-321-1390. The Tuesday edition of On the Line continues when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And our good friend Jack Hutton on the phone lines. Man, what's up? Hey, man, what's going on? It sounds a little bit quieter in there today. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds a little bit more one-sided in this studio, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, getting a lot of one opinion, aren't we? That's right. Um, well, no, man, hey, you're doing a great job. Um, certainly going to miss hearing Carter on the airways, but um, just uh, you're doing a great job. It takes me back to the old days. I remember when uh, you were doing this show. Yeah, when you first started it by yourself. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Uh, let's see, that was April of 2022 until August of last year when Carter joined me. So yeah, it's definitely a uh, a flash to the past, and it's a different it's a different little tempo. But hey, we're we're doing just fine. There you go. Change is a good thing. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, I know you got some. Uh, I know you got some comments on, on what's going on, whether it be uh, recruiting or or other SEC fan bases being mad about Auburn's recruiting, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you 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 get a couple of five stars, and all of a sudden you're public enemy number one. It seems like on Twitter. Um, boy, what a weekend! And you know, I know that we've already you've already probably talked about it overly by now but what a weekend for Auburn you you get Demarcus Riddick in the boat you get Perry Thompson uh, to flip his commitment from Alabama to Auburn and to be honest with you Jake I think the Perry Thompson flip is is a bigger one than that Demarcus Riddick flip just because of who you did it um, who you did it to and where he's from you know it's an in-state guy that is going to go not to the big state school that is supposed to be the big dynasty right now but He's going to Auburn, the team that has been a little down for in previous years, and he's trying to flip the script. So I think that that's really something uh, when you when you look at what Perry Thompson did the other day. You know, Demarcus Riddick uh, flipping from Georgia, that's definitely a big deal, but that is a guy from Alabama. He's a couple hours up the road, and so, you know, you'd think maybe you have a little bit easier time of actually getting him to, to flip if you, if you really press there. But, um, boy, I think the Perry flip was, was really big. I think the guy that's going uh, under the radar from this weekend that is not being talked about very much, Malcolm Simmons is a heck of a ball player. Mm-hmm. And, and I, don't think he's getting, uh, I don't think he's getting the recognition he really deserves. 
Yeah, and you know, he he was he was the first one to pop on Saturday. It was it was pretty early when it went and then you know, of course, unfortunately for him, everybody was so impatiently waiting for Perry Thompson but I 100% agree you have Malcolm Simmons who committed you also have a Northwestern offensive lineman coming in that's transferring who uh, Jack is a borderline freshman because he has all four years of playing eligibility left yeah and he, he, he essentially well he is a freshman um, coming into the Northwestern class this, this previous year he was let out of his national letter of intent um, which is it's NLI is, is different from NIL um but it is somebody that, you know, you just add to the depth in the, in the locker room. Um, I don't think it's a guy that's necessarily going to come right in here and play. But a guy from up north that, like, we listen to this, you know, listen to his offer list. It's Penn State was really in on him. Ohio State wanted him. You had some other Big Ten schools. Wisconsin was involved. I mean, this was a guy that had some offers from not only big-time Power 5 programs, but programs that are known who produced very good offensive linemen. And so I think that there were a lot of programs on this, this guy, Dylan Senda from Northwestern, um, the fighting Carter birds, as I, I like to call them. But, you know, I think they had a lot of guys in on him, that, and he kind of went under the radar as a three-star. I think it's a, a much bigger get for Auburn than would seem uh, at first glance. Yeah, and Jack, you were talking about uh, you were talking about Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick, and guys like that. Not only were you like you mentioned, not only did you flip them from your two biggest rivals, but you're finally, finally getting big time in state kids that want to come and play for Auburn. Where for the last ten years, as I mentioned in the first segment. Nick Saban and Alabama had their pick. I mean, they if they wanted a kid in this state, they got him. And then Auburn was left with with whatever remained. And of course, Auburn got some good players throughout the years. But for the first time in what seems like a long, long time, Jack, Auburn has some of the biggest names from the state of Alabama. And what does that do for you moving forward? I think is the bigger question. You know, you can you can hang your hat on getting some of these guys like a Perry Thompson, like a DeMarcus Riddick. I mean, you can certainly be excited about that, but now comes the part that is probably not the hard part, but it's not necessarily the easy part is maintaining that momentum. You know, you, you get, you get those guys in the class, but if that's all you get moving forward and, and, you know, you kind of have to fill the rest of the ranks with some three-star guys, maybe some unranked talent, sure. A couple of those are going to pan out, but, it's important to fill in around this class now, um, and I think you could see that in the upcoming days. Of course, you know you got DeAndre Carter, the inside offensive lineman, ranked the number one inside offensive lineman by some um, outlets. You know he's out of California. He just made a visit to Auburn this past week for Big Cat Weekend after his official visit only a month beforehand, and so that was big. You're thinking that you like Auburn's chances there. T.J. Lindsey, um, a, a defensive lineman that you think you could pick up here soon. And so lots of guys still coming off the board. Of course, the big one, K.J. Bolden, um, the safety out of Buford, Georgia, going to be announcing his commitment next week or this weekend. You know, the chatter is around Auburn right now. Um, there's a couple things, like I think, he, I think he commented on, I believe it was Perry Thompson's post, or uh, Walk, actually Walker White's Instagram Live, and he said, hey, wait on me, I'm coming um, when Perry Thompson committed to Auburn, hard to know exactly what that means, but there's some smoke there. I think Florida State's involved, and of course, 
with a Buford kid, you can never count out the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, well, Jack, what would it mean, in your opinion, what would it mean if Auburn were to get K.J. Bolden this weekend? Because, I mean, it, it that's just so huge. Again, K.J. Bolden, Jalua Solomon uh, are both big names that Auburn is, is looking for this weekend. What would it mean if they got one or possibly both? Well, it's just another win over a rival in recruiting. And, you know, you've already got a win over Georgia. You've got a win over Alabama now. Then you come back to the table and, you know, as much as um, some people want to say, well, this is an Auburn-Florida State battle, Georgia's in this. I mean, they're always going to be in it. They're the home state team. And so I think for Auburn, it's another win over your recruiting rival. It keeps the momentum going, like I just mentioned. I mean, I think you got to keep that up. That's that's one of the biggest things um, – that you can do following the Riddick and Thompson announcements. I think it keeps your momentum up. I think it gets another big-time name in the class to where all of these other guys, I mean, I I think you'll start seeing guys from around the country start to look at Auburn and say, hey, what's going on over there? Mm -hmm. Maybe guys that we haven't even heard their names yet um, begin to look at Auburn and say, maybe that's somewhere that, that I need to consider at least going to check it out. Yeah, and I believe if you continue to build that momentum, the opposing schools and their fan bases will continue to be pretty upset with what Hugh Freeze and Auburn are doing. Jack, appreciate you, man. It's good to talk to you, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Jake. That is Jack Hutton on the phone lines calling in, talking some Auburn recruiting. Would love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. When we come back, going to take a sidestep, look at some college football schedules and how ESPN ranked them based off of difficulty, easiness, and uh, who's going to get to the playoff because of it. We'll take a look at that when we come back. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz with you on ESPN 1067. I've been talking Auburn football recruiting, been talking about why uh, other fan bases are disappointed that Auburn is starting to actually get five-star recruits. I know it's not been very common over the past few years, but maybe you should start to reconsider. But want to take a sidestep from that conversation uh, because – As we turn the month and turn the calendar, I should say, into the month of August, uh, we have college football this month, folks. Literally, we have college football that will be played in the month of August. You have fall practices starting all over the country this week. Auburn reporting tomorrow and uh, beginning practice on Thursday morning. Um, I mean, it's exciting, right? It's very, very exciting the fact that we finally, finally have college football back on our TVs and radios coming up in just a few weeks. And with that, uh, ESPN, they uh, released and wrote an article, a really good one at that, uh, breaking down some of the toughest, easiest schedules in college football 
It talks about the easiest opens. It talks about the toughest stretches, uh, toughest ends to the season, and then gives a lot of those interesting matchups that you should keep your eye on. And so it's time for us to start really getting ready for the 2023 season, in my opinion. And this is an article uh, by Chris Lowe on ESPN, senior writer for them, and he did a fantastic job. And so uh, if you have thoughts on this, if you've seen the article or if there's a a team out there that you are uh, excited about, maybe even worried about, or really high on really low on I know throughout the last few weeks we've been playing schedule game with Lance Dahl uh, hoping to continue that as we get closer and closer to the season but uh, if you have comments on this I want to hear from you phone lines are wide open 334-321-1390 and uh, some of the teams and some of their positions on this article uh, and in these rankings is very familiar it's things that we have talked about on this program and it starts with The toughest overall Power 5 schedule. According to Chris Lowe at ESPN, the toughest overall schedule in college football is the Florida Gators. And you look at the the schedule, you look at the circumstances, that's not really where you want to be if you are Billy Napier coming into year two after a disappointing year one. Um, You look at... A coach in this second year who seemed pretty mellow at SEC Media Days, all things considered. Um, Wasn't super worried about his team or the schedule or anything. And, And to be completely honest with you, nobody really pressed him on it as much as I thought they would. And you look at this schedule. okay, Coming off of the last year for Florida, that just didn't go well. Yeah, you beat Utah. It was a questionable... I mean... I don't want to say a questionable win. It was a winnable game for Utah that they let Florida win. Okay, You look at the schedule this year, they opened the season on the road at Utah this time because you remember the Utes came to the Swamp last year, and I think that helped Florida tremendously. So Florida starts on the road at Utah. Okay, On the road at Utah. Then you come home from McNeese. That's fine. Your third game of the year. Third game, and not just your third overall game, your first SEC game is at home against the Tennessee Volunteers, who I think are going to be the second best team in the SEC East. That's who you have to get out of the gate with, Utah and Tennessee. I don't feel confident about that for Florida. I really, really don't. And then you're home for Charlotte. That's fine. Then you go on the road to Kentucky, who I think is going to be the third best team in the SEC East. So already you're looking at a possibility of Florida being two and three. And we've done schedule game on this on this team. And between myself, Lance, and Carter, we were not high on this Florida team. You've heard Carter on this show multiple times when he was here saying Florida's going to be a bad football team and they're going to have a bad year. And the schedule just doesn't get any easier. You have to go to South Carolina, and I think that's going to be an improved team. You play Georgia right there in the middle of the schedule. It's neutral site. You better be thanking your lucky stars that it is. Uh, Arkansas comes to your place. You're at LSU, at Missouri for whatever that's worth, and then home versus Florida State. Do I think it's the hardest schedule in college football? No, but it's probably up there. It's, It's up there. There's no doubt. And... I think you can make the argument for Ole Miss to be at the top. 
Um, they have an extremely tough schedule as well. But regardless, it could get really, really ugly in Florida and for Billy Napier, who I think is a good coach. I've said that. I think he's a really, really good coach. I just think he walked into a really bad situation at Florida. I think it was the wrong time for him to make that jump to Florida. And when an opportunity like that comes, you can't turn it down. I get that. But, man, what a, what a disaster that he walked into. And it's not going to be easy this year. And to end the year with Florida State, who I think could be the best team in the ACC, I don't think they are right now, but I think they could be, that's tough for Florida. And especially in year two under Billy Napier. Uh, easiest overall schedule, Boston College. Um, you play in the ACC, so that makes sense. I mean, the ACC is going to be, I think by far, the worst Power 5 conference in college football. I don't think it'll be close. I think you're going to have Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State, not in any particular order. And I think that's pretty much going to be it when it comes to uh, relevant teams playing out of the ACC. Uh, so Boston College with the easiest Power 5 schedule, the toughest Power 5 non-conference schedule is for Pitt, uh, for Pittsburgh. They, let's see, they play Cincinnati, West Virginia in back-to-back games. That is tough. That is tough. All right, well, I'll give them, I'll, I'll give them that one. Here's the one that gets me, and I'm gonna, I have some things to say about this. The easiest Power 5 non-conference schedule the Michigan Wolverines. And I think you can make an argument that they may have one of the easiest schedules in college football. And here's why. Michigan, first of all, their non-conference schedule, East Carolina. Michigan starts the year, ladies and gentlemen, in 2023, they start the year with four straight home games that include East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and their Big Ten opener, Rutgers seriously that's the best you can do that's the best you can do the best game on there is UNLV that's a terrible start to the 2023 season great for Michigan and John Harbaugh don't get me wrong great for them but man that is that is a horrible start and so boring for for Jim Harbaugh, I, I think I said John. I meant Jim, excuse me. For Jim Harbaugh and for Michigan, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers all at home to start the season. And your other, that's it. That's all your non-conference games. And you play them all at the beginning of the year. Whereas you see in Auburn or a lot of SEC teams, they'll play one more cupcake game right before their rivalry game there's arguments to both sides of that and whether you should play them all in the beginning or or have one right in between you know some tough games late early November and then the Iron Bowl or the Egg Bowl or whatever but then you look down the schedule for Michigan you're at Nebraska who's not good you're at Minnesota who's not good who by the way has their own problems going on right now then you come home for Indiana not a good football team you got to go to Michigan State but what are they going to be uh, I just they don't have the athletes to compete with Michigan or the coaching to compete with Michigan you have Purdue at home your toughest game of the year outside of Ohio State 
You have to go to Penn State. You're at Penn State, and that's a tough game. That's an absolutely tough game. Auburn knows. Auburn knows it's tough. It's a tough atmosphere at Penn State. You're at Maryland. Okay. And then your biggest game of the year, you're home for the Ohio State Buckeyes, where you have a chance, if you're Michigan, to win your third straight big game. This is probably the most talented team that Michigan it's no doubt the most talented team they've ever had under Jim Harbaugh. But I think you could probably look back, and I'm not the uh, I'm not a historian on Michigan football, but you could probably look back and make some some legitimate comparisons on this being one of the most talented teams they've ever had in Ann Arbor. And so, with all of those things, Michigan has a borderline cakewalk to get to the Big Ten championship game and to get to the college football playoff. All you got to do is go and beat Penn State on the road and beat Ohio State in your place, in the big house. And even if you drop one of those games, just handle business everywhere else, and you're going to be just fine. So Michigan's non-conference schedule is a joke. Their conference schedule is a joke. Uh, I think the Big Ten, I don't know if it's going to be better this year. I really, really don't. I think they'll be a good conference. I don't think they'll be great. I think they will be third or fourth out of the power five I think just off the top of my head I think I think you can make an argument that the Pac-12 may be the best conference and I know that's crazy to say they have some really good teams out there this year and I think the SEC is still going to be solid but I think they take a step back as well I think the Big 12 is going to be average I think the ACC is going to be bad and I think the Big 10 is going to be average So take all of that, and Michigan's got a great chance to get back to the college football playoff, take down Ohio State once again for the third time in a row, and cakewalk through their schedule. Toughest open to the season, according to ESPN. Again, we're going through the Chris Lowe article on ESPN.com of college football teams and whose schedule is the hardest, easiest, uh, breaking down matchups, all that good stuff. Uh, West Virginia opens on the road at number 8 Penn State. That's tough. Then you have a home game against, uh, you have a home game, a cupcake game. Then you play your rival Pitt at home. And then you start your Big 12 play against Texas Tech and TCU on the road. Yikes. West Virginia has Penn State, Pitt, Texas Tech, and TCU four out of their first five games of the year. That's a tough open for them. For a football team, that's average at best toughest close to the season so toughest end to their regular season schedule it's usc it's the trojans they have caleb williams right they have him who plays some of his best football down the stretch heisman trophy winning quarterback but four here's what it says in the article four of the trojans last six games are against preseason top 25 teams as they face notre dame utah Cal, which that's obviously not included in that. Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. That's a tough end to the schedule for USC. You better believe it is. Notre Dame, they're always going to be competing. Utah, I think, could be, they're going to be a top three team in the Pac-12. Washington and Oregon, they're going to be right there as well. You better believe Oregon's going to be one of the best teams in college football with you-know-who returning as their quarterback. They're going to be a good team. And I think UCLA is going to be a good team as well. 
So USC may get off to a hot start, but they're going to have to come and finish it down the stretch if they want to try and make a push for the college football playoff. You look at uh, a couple of more of these categories on here. Rocky Road uh, is the category, and Arkansas is in that uh, is in that category. It's talking about Arkansas's road schedule this year. Uh, they played last year. I think they had the toughest schedule in the country last year, if I'm not mistaken, and they do almost every year. Arkansas, Arkansas is about the only other team in this country, in the conference for sure, but really in the country that can make the argument with Auburn every year that you play one of the toughest schedules in college football because the Razorbacks do. They do. They, they play a really tough schedule year in and year out. Uh, they play true road games this year against three preseason top 25 teams at LSU, at Ole Miss, and at Alabama, and they also have to go to Florida for their SEC East crossover. That's brutal, and I don't care how bad Florida's going to be. It's still a tough place to play when you have to go to the Swamp. So shout out to Arkansas. We'll see what you got. We'll see what your road record looks like. We'll see uh, if Arkansas can be better than what I expect them to be because I've talked about K.J. Jefferson, and I've talked about how I think he takes a step back this year. So we'll see if that's the case as well. There's a couple of more categories on here I want to talk about. A couple of uh, must-see non-conference games, uh, the unique non-conference games as well. We'll talk about that as we wrap up hour number one. I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on all this? Give me a call on the phone, 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the first hour here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the studio. Got a few more minutes before uh, we get out of here for hour number one. Uh, Looking through, finishing up this article a little bit uh, on ESPN.com from uh, Chris Lowe talking, just looking at all the different matchups, looking at some different schedules around college football this year. Uh, Toughest schedules, easiest schedule. Uh, We've talked about how uh, he has Florida with the toughest uh, Power 5 conference schedule. Uh, in the country Uh, talked about how Michigan has the easiest non-conference schedule and I think one of the easiest schedules in college football I mean it's it's just unbelievable and look it's time for Michigan to take advantage right they finally break through they've beaten Ohio State they've gotten to the playoff it's time for Michigan to compete and try to win a championship in this thing so uh, we've talked a lot about that but They've got a good list here of must-see non-conference games um and these games are being played on campus, not at a neutral site. And I'm glad that they broke it up that way. And I've given my thoughts on that. I've given my thoughts on big-time non-conference games, how they should be played on college campuses. They should be home and homes. Uh, nobody cares. Nobody cares that Team A and Team B meet up to play in Dallas. Nobody cares that Team A and Team B meet up to play in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like, go to the college campuses, make it a two-year deal, let's play home and homes, and let's actually make college football fun and exciting like it's supposed to be, rather than playing what seems like a bowl game in the beginning of the year. I, I just, I'm over, I'm over the neutral site 
non-conference games. It was cool for a minute, right? It was unique, right? Auburn made a thousand trips to Atlanta and couldn't ever win when they were there. Um, you've seen teams, like I said, open up in Dallas and in, in wherever. And it, whatever. I'm tired of it. It's like I'm, I'm ready for home and homes again, and I like that Auburn seems to be scheduling those for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, but these games coming up in college football this season – and they are uh, tagged by ESPN as must-see non-conference games that are going to be played on college campuses. Uh, the start, Florida at Utah, August 31st on that Thursday night. I mean, that's going to be a really, really fun atmosphere. It was a fun game last year when Utah went to the Swamp. I'm interested to see how Utah and their atmosphere compares to what Florida has done and what Florida did and what Florida does every single game in the SEC. So I think that's going to be a fun one. Um, Opening weekend, Colorado and TCU. We know why this game is on there. We know why it's on there. And when Colorado goes in here, we'll see what they got. I think TCU lost a lot. I think they're going to take a step back, which is an obvious statement. I mean, they made the college football playoff. They made the national championship game last year. But they're not the same team. Will Colorado win this game? No, probably not, especially with this being in the state of Texas. But it will be interesting. There will be a lot of eyes on this game. As you look down the schedule, uh, some of these are, are games that everybody will be watching Texas when they make the trip to Tuscaloosa Uh, we know how that game went last year we know that Texas was on their way to win that thing before having injury problems at the quarterback spot and they still almost made it happen now it's Alabama with the quarterback problems not injury wise but just having a quarterback problem they don't know who's going to be playing the QB1 they don't know who's throwing the football yet in Tuscaloosa so can Texas come back and give revenge to Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium Ole Miss at Tulane, September 9th? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a fantastic game. And any team that voluntarily signs up to go and play at Tulane, you're asking for it. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. You're asking for a loss if you're trying to take a trip down to Tulane. Um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, it's a classic. I think Ohio State will roll on September 23rd, but a fun game nonetheless. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina, we see those games all the time. So excited for 2023, man. It's the month of August. College football is back this month, and we're going to talk some more about it in hour number two. We'll talk about is the Big Ten adding more teams, some of the biggest names in college football, or is it all just a bunch of rumors? We'll talk about that and what it means. Plus, it's August. What are your expectations for Auburn this month as we get closer and closer to the start of kickoff for the Tigers? That's all coming up in hour number two.
Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, uh, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast later on today. Uh, you can find it one of two ways, ESPNAU.com, or you can just search On the Line wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, talked about uh, some more recruiting for Auburn. Uh, talked about how uh, Alabama fans, Georgia fans, SEC fans are not so thrilled that Auburn is uh, starting to pull some five stars. Now it's all about getting them consistently. Uh, so we talked about that and why uh, why maybe other fan bases are upset and how they're just not used to seeing Auburn do the things that they're doing right now in recruiting. Uh, also looked at some some college football schedules uh, looking at the hardest schedules easiest schedules uh, different trends throughout the year a uh, good article on ESPN.com and so I uh, looked through that in that first hour as well so if you missed any of it be sure to go and catch up with the podcast ESPNAU.com uh, but here's what's coming up in hour number two we're going to talk about this this crazy rumor I guess is the best way to put it uh, about the Big Ten possibly adding four more teams there's no official news about this there's nothing um, no, nothing truly being reported uh, it was one guy at Barstool uh, who talked about this but I do want to bring it up and I do want to talk about what would happen if this does end up happening because Man, what a crazy addition and crazy change in college football that it would truly be. Uh, so I want to talk about that. Plus, that something that kind of uh, feeds into that is the Pac-12 today had some had a big meeting regarding their TV deal, and uh, we'll talk about. Uh, what was said, what was presented, nothing has been made official yet, but we'll talk about what was presented in that meeting and what that can mean moving forward for that conference and for college football. Uh, plus, later on, it is now August 1st. We have turned the calendar into August. College football will be played in this month. I want to ask you and talk about some expectations for the month of August when it comes to Auburn, when it comes to uh, the SEC, college football, football in general, high school, college, NFL. So we're going to have that conversation later on in this hour as well. No Daryl Dapperts today. Uh, he is a, a recurring guest now on Tuesdays, but I uh, was unavailable today. So we'll pick back up with him next week at 3.30. But uh, phone lines are open in hour number to. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts about what I'm talking about, uh, give me a call. I want to have a conversation with you. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Well, let's talk about this Big Ten stuff because it uh, seems like there's a lot of uh, seems like there's a lot of traction with this, and there hasn't been a whole lot of reporting about it. Uh, there's been some definite reactions to it, and uh, we'll talk about the the possibility 
of the Big Ten adding four new schools to its conference. Uh, Again, nothing is official. Nothing is even being reported. uh, But it's a conversation that's being had, and I think we need to have it as well. But let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, man, this is Shane. Hey, Shane. How are you, brother? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Doing good, man. What you got? Uh, I was just – you know, it's funny when – when a team that hasn't been doing too hot recruiting starts to do well, you got to attack them for some reason. You can't be like, all right, you know, now you're going to, you know, we get, you get some better competition, you know, and mm-hmm. it's got to be putting us down in some way. It, it's just, it's just, it's just sad, you know, a little bit that they feel that threatened. You shouldn't feel that threatened. You're a great, you're still a great team. I'm speaking of our two rivals. Mm-hmm. I've heard, the most from two schools, not the schools, fans of these schools. Right. Um, um, you know, talking trash about 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 the fact that we're doing well, and it's, it's like, can't, can't you just be happy for your own team and and the fact that you're going to get some better competition now? Who doesn't want better a, a, a good game? I, I don't want to. I don't want to blow anybody out. I I, I want to win every game, but I want to. I want to good game i want to know that i beat that team and it was a good team mm-hmm. yeah but, well uh, un- well shane unfortunately it doesn't it doesn't seem like everybody is on that same boat right and it seems like a lot of this coming from auburn's rivals their fans i should say um it seems yeah. like a lot of it is is coming from a place of uncertainty a uh, place of Fear may not be the right word because it is still very early on, but I think other fan bases can see like, oh, wait, Auburn is actually pulling five-star recruits. They haven't done that in a long time and haven't done it consistently. And uh, Shane, I would I would just be absolutely shocked if they were coming out and supporting Auburn and wanting Auburn to be better. Um, and, and it would be foolish to think that most Auburn fans, I'm not saying you in particular, I'm just saying most Auburn fans would want Alabama and Georgia to be good every year like they are uh, for a better game. I think there's probably a lot of Auburn fans that would like that tide to turn. Um, you know, you're right about that. Uh, I, I, I want Alabama to lose at, at Crochet. I want them to lose at tic-tac-toe that's just that's just that's just me i grew up here you know just you know talk to somebody from the other side of the state then they're going to probably feel the same way but but i'm not going to make anything public number one because that makes me look petty Mm -hmm. that makes me look petty um i I think that that they've done enough to speak to them you know that what they've done speaks for them i'm not going to criticize anybody for doing it i'm going to secretly say well dang it now that now they're you know they're getting better, it's gonna be harder for us. Yeah, I might think that in the back of my mind, but I'd never say that to to a fan base that's been down and now they they got some success, you know, in in the recruiting. But there's some that's just spiteful because maybe they see, hey, they're now they're taking. We can't just get everybody that we just want. We can't just say, hey, come to Georgia, come to Alabama, and they come there. Now there's competition. Now there's less five star or four star or whoever. There's less quarterbacks that they that they can choose from. Uh, it's just uh, I don't. Know. I think I think it's fear, like like you said, of of what could happen now that there's one more um, big dog that's coming in. 
No, and I think you're you're coming from a good spot, and and I think you know it's crazy, Shane, because it's crazy because this is the reaction we're seeing from from other fan bases when Auburn has picked up two. Exactly, you're exactly right. Two five stars, two one from one a flip from Georgia and the other a flip from Alabama. Like this is how they're reacting when Auburn picks up just two guys. What happens if K.J. Bolden flips this weekend? He's not flipping from really Alabama or Georgia. I think Georgia's in there, but you're going to see them flip out even more. And then what happens if Auburn happens to beat one of those teams on the football field this year and the recruiting continues to to skyrocket like we've already seen it? I mean, Shane, we're, we're looking at a possibility of other fan bases really losing their minds if Auburn keeps growing like they are. That's fantastic. I, 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 you know, it, it doesn't hurt. Well, is they're trying to put us down for, for, I don't see what the reasoning is. I mean, like, how can they be like, you know, how can they say anything negative about the fact that we're getting better? They can say, I mean, it's obviously it's fear and they're scared. That's fine. You know, and if they, if that's how they choose to, you know, present that fear, that's, that's, you know, that's their prerogative. But, but, um, you know, it's not, I don't. I don't see it going away, and I see it getting only worse for them. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait for the future. Give us, give us, um, you know, next year, and and then that year after. That's when I think that mm-hmm. the world, the the, the the college football, needs to watch out. Is in two years. Well, well, Shane, why does why does anybody in any situation in life why does somebody put someone else down, right? Why do they why do they make somebody else feel bad about themselves? It's to make them feel better about themselves, right? So yeah, I I, right. I I think I think that's what you possibly are seeing is oh Alabama didn't or Alabama or Georgia whatever they didn't get the guy that they wanted and don't let anybody tell you that Alabama and Georgia didn't want oh, yeah. the combination of Demarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson because if they tell you that it's a lie it's an absolute oh, lie yeah. and so they're trying to find a way to convince themselves and make it feel better like oh wow we actually didn't get the guy that we wanted that's not cool that's not right that's not how it's been going the last 10 years so well Auburn you're not even getting that good of a player and why would you want to go to Auburn everything you've heard and seen it's just ridiculous and the thing is Tom's other five stars they have great players it's not like that. Like we stole their only five star, you know. Right, it, it, right. It's, it's amazing. They have they have talent, and and so it, it, it's hey, it's, it is what it is. Whatever, man. Let's just uh, let's just continue this track, and 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 you know, we'll 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 get some wild burgers and French fries. There you go. See, That's right. Appreciate it, Shane. Appreciate the call. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Would love to hear from other listeners as well. Yeah, and look, I talked about this in the first hour a little bit, and I'm glad Shane brought it back up because I think that's the best thing that I could really come up with is the fact that it's not normal right now. And I hate that it got to that point, right? I hate that it got to that point with Auburn football that Alabama and Georgia the universities, the programs, and the fans were so confident because the proof was in the pudding now. They were so confident that they could get anybody and everybody they wanted without Auburn being able to put up a legitimate fight that the one time that they lose, the one time they don't get a guy and they lose him to Auburn nonetheless, they lose their absolute minds. They lose their minds. And like I said to Shane, 
This is over two guys, two very good guys, two very big guys. I've said two possible program-altering guys. But they wouldn't have been program-changing for Alabama and Georgia. They would have been another five-star in the room. They would have been another five-star on the roster. They would have played. They would have made an impact. And there's a good chance that they would have gotten to the league because of it. But they were not going to be program changers, difference makers for Alabama and Georgia. Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick, K.J. Bolden, if he does commit to Auburn this weekend, guys like that, with the situation and the status of the Auburn football program, they can make 10 times the impact here right now than they can up in Tuscaloosa. And you know what? That's a good problem to have for Nick Saban in Alabama. That's a good problem to have for Kirby Smart in Athens. That's a great problem because, like Shane said, They've got plenty of five stars. They've got plenty of four stars. They have plenty of athletes to be good football programs. They've proven that already. They've proven that. But guys like Demarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson and the others that are already committed to this class and the ones that I think are still going to commit, they will come to Auburn and make 10 times the impact that they would at those other schools. And... You're seeing, you're seeing fan bases, one in particular, that has been spoiled by their success. And again, credit to them. Credit for having that success and credit for being the top dog in college football for so long. Because you've been there, you've earned it, you deserve it. But the one time that you lose out on a recruit, I don't think it'll be the last. Let me say that. I don't think it'll be the last. But the one time that a guy that you went after, and let's admit, if you're on that side of things, let's admit that you wanted Perry Thompson. You wanted Demarcus Riddick. If you're Alabama or Georgia, you wanted those guys. I I hate the argument, and this is not the only time it happens. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Whether it's college football, professional sports, right? When a team is rumored to be trading for somebody and then he gets traded somewhere else. Ah, we didn't want him anyway. Eh, he's not even that good. He's not going to do them any good. I'm glad he went there. I hope they are terrible with player X, player Y, whatever. That's such a dumb argument. It's so dumb to me. It really, really is. And you're seeing it right now with these other fan bases, the rivals of Auburn. You're seeing it, and they're coming up with any definition, explanation, excuse to make themselves feel better about it. And look, they should be upset. They lost out on good players. Demarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson are fantastic players, and they're going to be good players on the field for Auburn. But at the same time, don't sit there and tell me that you didn't want them. Don't sit there and try to come up with narratives on why you would rather play for Auburn over Alabama or Georgia or any other college football program in the country. You don't have to come out and and make stuff up. You don't have to come out and say, well, he wants to have fun, so he should go play at Auburn. If you want to win championships, you should come to Alabama. Uh, uh, Sure, I I guess. I mean, God forbid a kid want to go and play and have fun when he's in college, right? Uh, I would hate for him to go to the program that 
likes him the most and treated him the best and made him feel like family the most. And I would hate for a kid to go and want to build his own legacy, his own name, and write his own name in the history books at a university that could need it more than ever. I don't know, man. It's just weird to me. It's really, really weird. And Shane, I think you made a lot of great points. I'd love to hear from you, any of our other listeners. 334-321-1390. It's been great conversation all show long. Do want to talk about the Big Ten Pac-12 stuff when we come back. It's some interesting notes, interesting conversations. We'll have those talks when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, got a few things to go over. Uh, Some news around college football, and some of it's news. uh, Some of it is rumors, and if they end up being true, wow. Um, There's a couple of things to talk about here. One has to do with the Pac-12. That's the news side of things. Uh, The other one has to do with the Big Ten, and that is more rumors um, and speculation possibly. Uh, So we'll see if that ends up happening, but we're going to talk about both of them here over the next few minutes. Phone lines are open 334-321-1390. We'll start with the news. I think that's the better place to start is the is the news of today uh the fact that the pac-12 had a meeting okay the pac-12 had a meeting about a tv deal they're trying to figure out basically the pac-12's trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do for a tv deal to make our teams money so they don't leave the conference it's what they're trying to figure out right they're trying to figure out how they can keep their conference together with a tv deal and not lose any more big programs because we saw Colorado leave and they're going back to the Big 12. So, Pac-12 had a meeting. There was a deal that was presented to Pac-12, and this is from Pete Thamel. He he uh, he he uh, tweeted this out uh, a little over an hour ago. It says the primary deal. This is from sources. The primary deal presented to Pac-12 executives and ADs today was a primarily Apple streaming deal. Apple, the company, of course. The deal would have incentivized tiers, which would give it strong upside if certain subscription numbers are met. As he saw, so he goes on to say, no decisions on the deal or any schools pondering other options are expected immediately. Campus leaders are digesting the possibilities of a stream-centric future and the variance in potential income. The money piece is tricky because the variables of subscriptions. So what that means to me is Apple came to the Pac-12 and they said, hey, here's what we can do. People can stream your games based off of a subscription service. Sounds like there would be different tiers. Um, I don't know what that would break down. Uh, maybe you only get a certain amount of games or certain regional coverage um, or maybe just more access to different things within a so-called Apple Pac-12 network or something. Um, there, there's got to get some more information on this. Um, but that's interesting. It's really interesting because we all know technology-wise, we know where streaming is. It's everything nowadays. Streaming is everything. You can can stream whatever you want to. Pretty much any game through some service, you 
can pull it up online and watch it, right? This is an interesting development when it comes to the Pac-12 because they've got to figure out what they're going to do. The Pac-12, they have to figure something out because if they don't, they're going to lose Oregon, Washington. I think they could end up losing possibly Arizona, Arizona State. They're already losing Colorado. I mean, there's some really crazy options and and, and possibilities on what could happen to the Pac-12. You're already seeing UCLA and USC who are going to the Big Ten next year. Colorado's leaving for the Big 12. And we'll talk about the rumors about the Big Ten in just a second. That kind of feeds into this. But this is really, really interesting. And it's funny because that was retweeted by Gary Seegers on Twitter. And just basically making a, a mocking and making a joke of what TV outlets and what streaming services and how difficult it is to take in the information and the entertainment that you want nowadays. We all know about the different services, different subscriptions, different outlets, different I mean just so many different possibilities to take in your entertainment. He said so if you wanted to watch if this were to go through this Apple streaming thing for the Pac-12. He said so if you wanted to watch all of the, of the Power 5 games, you'll need... Now, keep a tally here. You ready for this? If, you, if this goes through and you wanted to watch every Power 5 football game this coming season, you'll need Peacock, Apple TV with the Pac-12 thing, right? ESPN Plus. Then you'll need all the ESPNs, Fox Sports 1, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, ACC Network, and more on the cable side. Then you'll need CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox. Then for the group of fives, you'll need to add the NFL Network, CBS Sports, and more. Holy smokes, folks. Like, that is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It shouldn't be this difficult. Shouldn't be this this strenuous and just absurd to watch college football and I know there are so many things that feed into this and there's so many things that that are reliant on this and the big one is the green money sign I get that but you shouldn't need 15 different services to watch a college football game and it's funny because people underneath it they're saying you know it's almost like there, there's one service that you could buy that had everything, a.k.a. cable back in the day. It's funny, but it's just unbelievable to think that those are all the different things you would need if, there's, if you wanted to watch every single game in the United States in college football. Uh, it's just unbelievable, man. And it's, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And so... Interesting developments. We'll see if the Pac-12 goes for it. Uh, again, it sounds like Apple presented itself with a streaming, a tiered streaming service for the Pac-12 that if you wanted to watch Pac-12 after dark, let's say for this year example, right? let's say it, it, it won't, obviously, but for argument's sake and for conversation's sake, if that had taken place today, right? And let's Pac-12 Network is now on Apple TV. You have to have Apple to stream the games. You, Auburn fan listening right now, 
would have to purchase the Pac-12 thing on Apple so you could watch Auburn when they go play Cal this year. That's what that means. It's not happening this year, but that's what that would mean for the future. Auburn plays UCLA years from now in a home-and-home, right? UCLA obviously moving to the Big Ten, but you get my point. There's so many different services you have to buy and be a part of and subscribe to that it's, 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 impo- it's near impossible to watch every game. You can't just... The good days of just sitting down and turning on the TV and scrolling through the TV guide to watch everything, those days are long gone. Long gone. And it's never coming back, I don't think, unless we come down to these two major conferences and, they're, and they decide to put it all together. What a disaster. What a disaster. We'll talk some more about the Big Ten stuff when we come back. Plus, we'll talk about expectations in the month of August for Auburn, college football, football in general. That's what's coming up. Give me a call, though, 334-321-1390. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back of Jacob Goertz with you on ESPN 1067. Well, this is normally the uh, the time we sit down and talk with Daryl Dapperge, but uh, uh, he was tied up today, so we'll pick back up with him uh, this time next week. But Got some more things need to talk about today. Uh, We've been talking, just talked a little Pac-12 stuff and their new uh, supposedly media deal that was proposed to them. uh, That was reported that Apple uh, proposed a streaming service. And, man, I was thinking about it more during the break. The Pac-12 would be relying on people subscribing, voluntarily paying to watch Pac-12 football. I just don't know if that's going to work. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't know if that would work. How many of you, sitting right now listening to this, how many of you, let's say it was a base subscription of, I don't know, $10 a month? I have no idea what the pricing would be, but just let's just say $10 a month, $120 a year. Would you pay that to watch Pac-12 football, Pac-12 athletics? I just don't know if I would, especially with the teams that are leaving. Right With UCLA, USC leaving, they're not obviously a part of that, but I just don't know. I just don't know if that would work or not. You're literally relying on people to voluntarily pay extra money to watch your sporting events. Hmm. We'll see how it goes. But there's some Big Ten stuff going on. Not necessarily news, but some rumors and conversations that are being had. And if this were to go down, it would throw all of that Pac-12 Apple TV stuff for a loop because there was a guy at Barstool Sports who came up with this and he said it was reported. He so-called reported it, but nobody else has been reporting this. So for now, we're going to call it a rumor, okay? We're going to call it a rumor. But he was talking about 
that this week, as we sit and as we speak, this week, the Big Ten would be adding Washington, Oregon, Clemson, and Florida State to the Big Ten Conference. That's what he was talking about, and that's what he said. Now, nowhere else have I seen this. I I don't think it's out there anywhere else. But it's an interesting conversation, and it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting situation if this were to happen, right? Think about it. The Big Ten is out for anybody and everybody that they can get to join their conference. They've already gotten UCLA and USC. Doesn't make act, doesn't make sense geographically, but they're doing it anyway. We already know that the SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. And there's a lot of people that are believed and convinced, and I think I'm one of them, that college football is on its way to two power conferences, right? Two major, almost powerhouses of conferences in college football. And this would be, this would be a big step in that direction if this were to somehow be true and if it were somehow to actually happen. The Big Ten adding Washington and Oregon, arguably the two biggest teams remaining in the Pac-12, arguably with the three that are leaving, plus Clemson and Florida State, without a doubt the two biggest brands in the ACC, that would be huge. That would be massive for the Big Ten and a huge step in that direction of two power conferences. So what would that mean, right? What would that mean for those individual schools and for the Big Ten and for the rest of college football? Well, we'll break it down. For Washington and Oregon, you're going to get better coverage, you're going to get more coverage, and you're going to get more money. We just got done talking about how the Pac-12 is scrambling to keep their teams in the conference and trying desperately to find a way to get them the money and put them on television. But they can't find a way to do it. People would watch Oregon and Washington if they were playing in the Big Ten. If Oregon was playing Ohio State, if Washington was taking a trip to Wisconsin, you better believe people are going to turn that game on. And they're going to go find that game. But nobody's going out of their way to find Washington and Arizona State. I'm sorry. They're not. Nobody's going out of their way to do that. But Washington's a good football program. And Oregon is a really good football program that I think has a chance, a sneaky chance, to make a college football playoff this year. And so you add those two teams to the Big Ten, for those schools, it would make it would make perfect sense besides having to travel across the country when you have to go and play Maryland and Rutgers and and any other team in the Big Ten, right? I mean, you're traveling a long way to do that. So for those two schools, I think it would make a lot of sense. Clemson and Florida State, on the other hand, doesn't make as much sense to me, right? Because we've all just sort of grouped them with Well, if they leave the ACC, there's only one place they're going to go. They're going to go to the Southeastern Conference, right? That's what everybody has has grouped them in and kind of that's the label that they've put above Clemson and and Florida State as well. If you're going anywhere, 
you're going to go to the SEC. It makes sense geographically, right? It makes sense with the area. It makes sense with the teams that are already playing right now. I mean, Clemson and South Carolina play every year, and Florida and Florida State play every single year, right? It just makes sense for them to be Southeastern Conference teams. Doesn't mean they're going to come here, though. And more importantly, it doesn't mean that the SEC wants them. The SEC and Greg Sankey have have stated on multiple occasions that 16 is a good number for them, and that's what they'll be at when Texas and Oklahoma come to this conference. They'll be at 16. The Big Ten, on the other hand, seems like they're going to get anybody they can. If it makes them money, then it sounds like they're going to go after it. And then I wonder, I'm curious on what this would, what this would do If the Big Ten keeps adding schools, let's say they get up to some crazy number, 22, 24, whatever, would that put pressure on the SEC to add more teams to balance it out? I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I don't think so, though. Because if we know one thing about the Southeastern Conference, we know that Greg Sankey pretty much does whatever he wants to do. He does what's best for this conference. I think he's been a great commissioner. I think he's been great for every school involved in this conference. And he's not worried about what other schools are doing, what other conferences are doing. He doesn't care. He doesn't care because he knows his conference is the best. It's superior. It makes the most money. It wins the most championships. And that's what it's about. At the end of the day, it's about those two things. And so I don't think that would put pressure on on, on Greg Sankey or the SEC by any means. But... When Carter was here and we were having these similar conversations, he brought this up a couple of times, and I think it's really interesting. He said you may get to a point, I've heard others talk about this as well, you may get to a point where conferences start dropping teams, which we haven't really seen a whole lot of. We've seen a lot of moving. We've seen a lot of leaving. Heck, you're seeing some teams return at Colorado. They left the Big 12. They've been in the Pac-12 for about 13 years, and after this year, they're going back to the Big 12. But you haven't seen a whole lot of conferences saying, you know what, Vanderbilt? I just don't think it's working out, and I think we need to maybe go see other people. Right? You haven't really seen that from the conferences a whole lot. You see it from the schools, but not from the organizations. And I'm wondering... If we do get to that point, what that A, what that would look like, B, how that would go down, and C, what would would the conference help that school find another conference, or would it be a bad breakup and say, Yeah, this isn't working out, see you later, and then turn around and add add the other girl walking down the hallway. You know what I mean? Like I'm really, really interested to see what that would look like. And I think you might get to that point. Because when you have a school like Clemson or like Florida State or like a, if you're looking at ACC teams in particular coming to the SEC, a North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, whatever, eventually, if you're in the SEC and you're so dead set on a number for your conference, if 16 or, or 20 or whatever, if they do end up moving it, if you have a hard number, but you have an option to make more money, get more viewers, and win more championships with this school rather than a current school in your conference, 
at what point do they go back and say, I think we're going to go with this team now. And Missouri, you haven't hardly won anything in this conference, and it's time for you to go. I'm curious to see if that happens. But this whole conversation and 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 talks, I should say, about Washington, Oregon, Clemson, and Florida State possibly going to the Big Ten, that would be a massive move. And it would be a big, big move because all of these other ones, the recent ones, have been one and two teams, right? You've seen, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma coming to the, to the SEC from the Big 12. You have USC, UCLA leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big 10. You have Colorado moving and doing their own thing one at a time. You've seen Texas A&M and Missouri when they moved to the SEC over 10 years ago. That was two at a time. Four major programs from two separate conferences going to a completely different conference? Holy smokes. That would be a monumental moment in the game of college football. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Joey. Hey, Joey. What's up, man? Uh, I, I was listening to what you're saying, and I just want to say that I think we're pretty much headed to the NFL model. Don't you just think about what you're saying with two super conferences, probably 20-something teams in each one. Okay. It's going to be – we already got free agency with a, with a transfer portal. We've already got – they're getting paid through the NIL, and basically, if we've got two super conferences, you're going to have the SEC be like the NFC, the uh, Big Ten be like the AFC. Uh, all we need is a commissioner, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, I think mean, it's I'm, a. I think it's an interesting, an interesting model. Um, would you? Would you would you think there would be divisions in that model? Like, a, you know, we, back before uh, Texas and Oklahoma and the different conference schedules, right, we were talking about pods, right? That was a possible thing. I think you could, right. could almost see something like that. And that's sort of the NFL model, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to decipher all that stuff out, you know, themselves. But it's, it's going to be some kind of similar, some similar setup. Yeah, it's just it's just where it's headed. There is no, I mean, I I don't see it going any other direction. Yeah, and and I think whatever it ends up being, uh, I think whatever it ends up being, you're going to see. That's where this conversation of these major conferences going to the NCAA and telling them to shove it and moving on, and they're going to govern themselves. And I think you could see a guy like Greg Sankey who could be over it all, or maybe they hire somebody else. I don't know. But I think it would be a a self-governing thing, and it it very well could go towards an NFL model. You're not old enough to remember this, but I'm hoping you may have heard of it through your father or your elders. There was an organization called the CFA for a while. Yeah. yeah, College Football Association. They got tired of dealing with NCAA, dealing with their television rights, and they took over, made their own organization, and took over their own television rights. Really, the one that was one of the head people of that organization was Vince Dooley. Yeah, yeah. And I see us. I can see us going back to something similar to that. I think so. I think so. Look, change is change is happening. Saving maybe, you know, heading it you know, being a the leader possibly or somebody some other body somebody else with this kind of clout but 
Yeah, we're headed in that direction. There's just no way around it. Yeah, I think some sort of change is it, it has to happen. There's too many moving parts, and there's too many unsatisfied customers for things not to change. And once we do that, we can we can close up a lot of stuff. We can sell off a lot of loopholes and still make everything, uh, you know, uh, what I'm trying to think of. But we can get everything uh, in a formation to where everything is just like the NFL where there is no question about this or that. Right. This is the way it works, and that's it. Yeah. No, you, you clean know. you clean it all up, right? You take out any questions. Yeah, up. you clean it up. That's Absolutely. What it is right now. Right now we got a mess. Yeah. You, we gotta clean it up. You're right about that, man. You are right about that. All right. Well that's all I had. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. I think he's absolutely right in the fact of it's a mess right now and so something has to change. There's too many. There's too many moving parts. There are too many uncertainties. Uh, there are. Um, uh, I mean, there's just there's so much happening right now in the game of college football with schools moving conferences and and in the transfer portal, NIL, all of that stuff. It needs to be cleaned up. You're absolutely right. It needs to be cleaned up and. God, we cannot rely on the NCAA. Let's go ahead and put that out there right now. Do not rely on the NCAA to do that. As teams continue to flood to two or three major conferences, eventually they will split. They will. They're going to split. They're going to tell the NCAA, we don't need you anymore. And whatever they decide to do, whether it be the NFL model, whether it be whatever they come up with, there's got to be some clarity on everything going on in the game and there's got to be there has to be a a stopping point of okay you can't just let schools jump around and I know you sign deals and contracts and tv deals and long-term assessments I get all that but there's got to be a time where you can get people satisfied you can get schools satisfied and programs satisfied to where you don't have all this crazy change every three or four years there's a lot to be cleaned up man there's a lot to be fixed with the game. And again, it's not just college football. That's what you have to remember. It's not just college football. When a school moves conferences, they're changing for every sport at the university. And that is where it really gets messy. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. If you want to join me for the final segment, would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap it up on the other side. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back after a quick break here on ESPN 1067. Got a few more minutes before uh, before I get out of here. And uh, be sure you stay tuned with uh, Bill Cameron and Dan Peck for The Drive here on ESPN 1067. They will uh, be talking more recruiting, Auburn football. Hey, a uh, fall practice starts this week, ladies and gentlemen. Fall practice starts this week for Auburn football. Uh, other programs around the country, a lot of them have started or are getting started this week. Um, look, football is back. Football is back. And, and as we get into this month of August, you have fall practice for Auburn starting. Uh, they report on Wednesday. Practice starts on Thursday. Uh, high school football. I know Lee Scott started their fall practice today. I know Auburn High uh, is right around the corner for that, and, and I know Opelika is in that in that window as well. There's a lot going on, and 
it's time to get excited for football season because look, this is the this we have football from this month all the way through February now. It's here. We can listen and watch and talk about college football and high school football and NFL football. They have preseason uh, coming up this week, I believe. I believe the first preseason game for NFL is this week uh, for the Hall of Fame game. It is the Jets and the Browns this Thursday on NBC. So we will have TV to watch and listen to and and talk about and I'm excited about it. I, we will have football to discuss. And look, all of our conversations today have been a lot about that. We've talked about Auburn recruiting. We talked about why uh, other, I should say, Auburn's rivals and their fans are upset with Auburn's success, early success with Hugh Freeze in recruiting uh, and what that would look like if Auburn continues to pick up big recruits and if Auburn starts getting some wins on the football field. So we talked about that today. Also uh, talked about some ESPN schedule rankings uh, and what ESPN has to say about some of the hardest schedules in college football, some of the easiest schedules in college football, some interesting non-conference matchups. Uh, They did mention Auburn and Cal in there, uh, just talking about a clash of of, uh, just basically a unique matchup, right? Talking about that, so that was interesting. We had some things to say there. Uh, We've talked a lot about this Big Ten, Pac-12 stuff that's going on around college football pac 12 meeting today or yeah they've had their meetings uh they've gotten a deal presented to them from apple to stream their games um I just I don't see that going well if they do agree to that. Uh, and we've talked about this Big Ten thing as well, and just conference realignment, college football, the landscape of the game changing as we know it. So uh, if you missed any of today's show, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast two ways: ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Uh, coming up for the rest of this week, though, got a couple more minutes before I get out of here. Uh, what's coming? up the rest of this week tomorrow is wednesday so we'll talk with uh jordan hill of dogs 247 get caught up on the georgia bulldogs uh we'll talk about how fall practice begins for them uh get his thoughts on auburn getting some of these big time recruits from georgia uh, and get previewed for the season ahead for the dogs and We will talk with uh, Austin Hannon of Bama Central, get his thoughts on these recruiting aspects as well, and get some updates from the Crimson Tide. And uh, we'll talk to him over the next few weeks and try to figure out what's going to happen with the quarterback battle there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I still think it's a a heavy battle. I really, really do. From the things I read, the things I've been told, uh, the things I hear, it sounds like it's still a battle over there. So we get to talk to Austin Hannon tomorrow as well. Then on Thursday, we will talk with uh, Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, get his thoughts about everything going on around the conference, maybe talk about this Big Ten uh, rumors, the Pac-12 news, uh, and see really what he's looking forward to as uh, fall practice begins around the conference. So uh, that's what's coming up uh, for the rest of this week. But really to wrap up the show Auburn's rivals, right? Alabama and Georgia. Two biggest rivals that Auburn has. Their fans have been, they've been loud. They've been upset over the last couple of days about Auburn landing five-star recruits. And it's crazy because their reactions and their stories and their excuses 
have just been wild. They've been wild. And let me say this. It's not like Auburn is completely innocent. Auburn fans have have been upset when they've missed out on recruits before, and there's been a number of times that recruits have picked Georgia and, and Alabama over Auburn. But unfortunately for Auburn fans, and I hate that this is the case, and it's been the case, but it seems like Auburn fans have almost accepted that over the years. Maybe this is a change. Maybe this is a change for Auburn fans to start expecting to get five-star recruits. And maybe it's a change for the other teams in this conference and even the other team in this state that maybe they're not going to get them all like they've been doing over the past few years. We'll talk to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 and and Austin Hannon of Bama Central tomorrow on the show. You don't want to miss it. Speaking of those two rivals, we'll get to their best uh, coverage and uh, talk about those teams tomorrow here on the show. Stay tuned. Bill and Dan coming up on ESPN 106.7. But come back tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.